for you as a consumer, you want more transparency from the brands. And for the marketers, once you get the trust, there's more people who give you more information. And by using that information, you can make your marketing campaign more efficient. Hey, welcome back to SaaS Half Full, the only show serving B2B SaaS marketers. I'm Lindsay Gropert, president at Blast Media. And as always, I will be both your host and bartender. It is prediction season, people. I know you are all thinking about what's in store for next year, maybe debunking predictions from last year. Today, I am joined by Kaz Ota. He is the CEO and founder of Treasure Data, and he is unpacking some MarTech predictions for us. Everything from data governance to third-party cookies. Can't wait to hear everything he has to say. If you care to grab a drink, could be a little holiday cocktail, and join me as I unpack MarTech predictions for 2023 and beyond. Hey, Kaz, welcome to SAS Half Wall. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. I am excited to have you. I love the fact that your team reached out to us and pitched you on our show. You have a number of things that we could tackle today. But given the time of year, we thought, why don't we squeeze in some MarTech industry predictions, get this package up and out the door, and then we'll all see how you fare on these predictions next year. Okay. Yeah, we sent you a cocktail kit. Are you joining me for a drink today? Yes. Why not? I love it. I am in a craft line here. It's called a mom water. Um, this would be the, the Linda. It's literally vodka water with some fruit flavor on it. It is really popular here in the Midwest. It probably hasn't made its way out to you just yet. But I appreciate the fact that it is only noon there. And you're still joining me for a drink. That's commitment. And I appreciate that. Cheers. So, Kaz, uh, before we get into our predictions, I do want to first dive into who you are, why Treasure Data exists, so people get a bit of an understanding of you and your background before we tackle our prediction. So if you could please tell us about your role at the company and then what does Treasure Data do? So I'm a CEO of the company Treasure Data, and I actually majored in computer science when I was a student. And my professor has built the world's fastest supercomputer at the time. And I was a part of the team to build the file system for that supercomputer. That gave me an opportunity to handle large, large amount of data. But that supercomputer can be only used by government. But I thought, okay, in next 20 years, the data is going to explode. So I really want to democratize the power of data across the world. So that's why I actually started this company when I was 25, nothing to lose. I came to Silicon Valley to build a global software business. I couldn't speak any English, but it was okay. I was like, okay, let's learn, right? And uh, we were just three people, but now we have 700 people across 20 countries, which has been a lot of growth challenges and rise. And what we do is we provide solution called CDP, customer data platform. We're a SaaS company, right? And uh, what we do is we provide the software or cloud service so that our enterprise customer or enterprise brand collect all of the customer behavior, customer data, which is siloed everywhere into one place. 
create customer 360 view and you can use, use this data to optimize your marketing campaign, customer service and sales so that you can make your company more efficient. And you mentioned enterprise. So product is most suited for enterprise. Any specific verticals where you tend to perform best? Yeah, so we're really strong at CPG, like AV InBev, who produces the majority of beer in the, in the world, for example. We're really good at retail and automotive. And we're started seeing some of the regulated industries such as healthcare, life sciences, biotech, and also FSI, financial services are now coming into Alpine. And you hit on many verticals that our, our listeners are involved in from a marketing standpoint. And certainly in the world of customer data, we could spend this entire hour and more talking about the changes that have happened alone in the customer data realm. And I, I know one of your predictions has to deal with that. But thank you for sharing that information. So you had provided me beforehand with three predictions. And so I'm going to sort of tease those and let you take them in the direction that you want. Here's the great thing about predictions, Kaz. I always think of a weather person on TV as they predict that it might rain somewhere at some point today with some level of severity. No one ever holds you to it. They're predictions. They're not guarantees telling the future. So, you know, you can be as bold as you want. It's a prediction. It's what I love about them. But we are in prediction season, which is as a PR agency for SaaS companies and prediction seasons like our tax season. We're super busy, even though it's the holidays, getting all of our claims predictions out the door. So I'll be curious if any of yours match up to theirs. So the first prediction that you have involves some new titles being added to the C-suite. Unpack that one for us. So if the, the customer experience space, right? So marketing has been evolved from single channel to omni-channel. Now what we're observing is it's becoming corporate-wide or omni-department. So traditionally, only CMO cares about customer journey. Now it's a corporate-wide CEO initiative. So that's why we're seeing the rise of chief digital officer. We're also seeing a lot of conduct center division is now reporting to CMOs. And now also finance department is coming into this space and then make sure they're actually getting better ROI. If you think about next year, Maybe it's the prediction, maybe it's the fact, but we have a lot of economical challenges. And when I talk with a lot of our prospects, 60% of them will have a lower budget next year. And they're doing a lot of tech consolidation. So they really want to make sure on one budget is becoming lower, but we're observing the percentage of budget they spend for the data analytics stack is actually doubling over next two years, according to our survey. It's because CEO wants more clarity on what everyone is doing in terms of marketing campaign, sales efficiency, contacts and efficiency. That's the data you have to show to the external investors and then CEOs so that they can track and improve the performance. So to achieve this goal, we're seeing the emerging rise of new chief customer officer, chief customer experience officer, Traditionally, CMO owns uh, one piece, but owns more channels, right? So those are the things we're observing, and it's also a prediction. Sure. 
Uh, and it's interesting because the CMO role, in my opinion, is hard as shit. It's the the toughest role in the C-suite right now. It touches everything. It owns so much. Stakes are super high, which is probably why the tenure keeps shrinking and shrinking. Um, Your average tenure is like 18 months, right? So it's really hard. I believe about three years ago, it was more like 24 months. So my opinion only, hardest, hardest role in the C-suite. I actually know former CMOs who have become CEOs and they say the CMO role is harder. Not to say that the CEO role isn't hard. It presents different challenges uh, than the CMO role. Are you then suggesting that you will see a, a CXO or a CCO replace the CMO role or join the ranks? I would say I actually observed some of them actually replaced chief digital officer overseeing the entire digital experience. He does all the digital marketing campaign as well, right? That one and I saw it, but it's a little bit of a radical case. Sometimes CMO started reporting into chief digital officer. They can be parallel, but I think within the next five to 10 years, people will figure out how do you make your digital strategy at the central function of your company? And when it comes to digital, there's two portions. One is about customer and also internal operation. But again, those are connected. So we'll see some of the C-level shuffling and reporting structure emerging over time. But it's all about customer centricity. Do you have a, a CXO or a CCO title at Treasure Data? Yes, we have a chief customer officer. When did you know the time was right for that? Was it... Size of company, was it revenue, number of customers? When did you know the time was right for that title? And kind of advice, I guess, for our listeners on when they might know the time is right for that. For me as the founder, I always feel like I'm the chief customer office. Every single thing you're doing, it starts with the customer. Also, what's unique about Treasure Data is we have 450 customers. I personally visited more than 400 by myself. But again, then you can't really scale. So the advice I have for the many businesses, around probably a few million ARR annual regarding revenue, where you feel like, okay, I can't really understand 100% of what's going on for every customer. That's the point you have to scale the organization. And you always want to have one point of contact from your customer base where you can actually escalate to anything. Yeah, that's helpful. And I want to to underline what you said about you being customer facing and, and always being that sort of chief customer officer as the CEO and founder. I have found that that is um, not necessarily that the size and scale of your company, not always the case that tends to drop off quite a bit as the company grows, but can't underscore enough how important that is to understand the customer and have that face time. I heard some story that some of the most successful CEO of the software space, they actually have like mandating himself like five customer meeting in a week. And that's like 100x more times bigger than Treasure Data. And I was so impressed. I've also heard of CEOs too hopping on sales calls and trying to sell their products to really understand the challenges associated with it and to hear um, the objections, et cetera. But for the SaaS marketers that are listening, you know, certainly a 
you might, as a smaller company, might be wearing a lot of hats. Um, you might be the CMO and that's in your responsibility, but be on the lookout for that. It'll come in at you. All right. Our second prediction has to do with cookies, not Christmas cookies, third-party cookies. And this dominated two years ago. It's all people were talking about. Uh, we've had some delays. So I am curious, based on what is the new, we'll see, Chrome date of 25 of getting rid of cookies, what say you? What is your prediction? It's going to happen within five years anyway. So what's it happening in the real world is marketers are sort of assuming that I buy anyway. Also, if you look at some vendors like DMD vendors, they are already shutting down their business. And uh, some of the countries, for example, where I come from, uh, 60% of mobile traffic is from iPhone and iOS deprecated the third-party cookie. So basically, 60% of mobile traffic can really cross the menu already. You already started observing a lot of increase of like customer acquisition costs. So whether it happens or not, in some region, it already has a significant impact. And also based on my conversation with the customer, mobile app also started asking, okay, are you okay to be trapped in the first uh, opening, right? And right now, only 15% of people will say yes. And that has been a huge issue for the marketers because they can't do any retargeting or tracking to make your marketing data efficient. So 85% of traffic from say is already anonymous is called. So if you look at the entire portfolio, maybe 50% or 60% is already anonymous. So that means whether it's going to die or not, you have to treat the web as anonymous anyway. What's the new prediction? I would say let's uh, 2024 then. I'm actually surprised that you said only 50% are saying yes. In my mind, I can't believe 50% are saying yes. I'm just surprised that there's that many who are hit agree. Well, the app with only 15%, sorry, not 50%, 15. Oh, 15. That makes more sense. That was like only 50. That's quite more than I would have thought. Right. So that's like uh, one in seven people. Okay. That makes more sense. And to your point, this conversation has been happening for quite some time. Uh, it is now accepted as inevitable. It is going to happen at some point, whether it gets to, you know, from a Chrome standpoint, whether that gets delayed again. But in terms of the marketing's response to that, how do you anticipate behaviors changing in the next maybe one to three years as a result? Yeah, so first of all, it also comes with multiple angles, right? Okay. Consumer is having huge doubts about how brands are using customer data. So I increasingly observe the fact marketers works more with the privacy goal functions. So first of all, to get compliant with GDPR, CCPA, all these regulations. That's the bottom line. Otherwise, you will be sued and fined. And the second part is how do you give transparency to the customer? Whether you provide great preference center so that you can control the communication, the notification by customer itself, also gives visibility on how the data gets used based on the data lineage. It's actually a 
huge technical challenge, but for you as a consumer, you want more transparency from the brands. And for the marketers, once you get the trust, there's more people who give you more information. And by using that information, you can make your marketing campaign more efficient. So the legal portion, customer experience portion, marketing campaign portion has to come together. That's how I think marketer has to grow out from his mind or her mind where, okay, I only do campaign. No, no, no. You have to think holistically about consumer data privacy. With a deprecation of third-party cookies, I mean, that will render 80% of standard digital practices worthless, useless, can't do. What do you predict will replace or be put in place instead of campaigns? What types of strategy, budgets being allocated, what will we see the rise of in its place? So what we're observing is on the publisher side, for example, let's say New York Times, they have been forcing people to log in. So instead of relying on cookie, they force all of the visitors to log in and then tracking exactly who actually is looking what article. So that on, on the rise of cookie deprecation, people or service want more people to log in so that they give more information instead of they get this like a free article. I've certainly experienced that. Places where I used to have unlimited free content, now it is you have three articles left for the month, right? And then you have to sign up. Right. So that's the business model change. Publisher side is happening so that they gather more personal data. The second one is the rise of uh, retail media. I don't know if you noticed, but Walmart, for example, they've been selling many products in the store. The margin is really thin. They actually started digital advertisement business. What they do is based on all these consumers buying behavior, they can precisely target who is actually going to buy what product. And this digital product, they have really great margin compared to the thin margin in the product in the store. So. What is interesting is they are now becoming the digital marketing powerhouse rather than selling the gadgets and goods in the store by leveraging the data they have. And what I observe is I think over time, many brands actually have a really deep understanding of the customer. So if you look at Google, they only have some shallow data, right? You search, you have some interest, but that's it. But each brand has its own like conversion purchase data. Amazon's ads business is growing and now bigger than YouTube because they have all these purchase data. It's deeper than search. What if all the brands started having all these insights and started running digital advertising campaign where marketers can leverage it? That's the point where you can have additional channels. And it works because now people log in and then purchase or come to the actual store and give some identity or points so that you can have more insights rather than anonymous browsing of the cookie. So that will be another channel for the marketers to get more efficient. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we have a, a client who essentially provide a music playlist inside a Walmart and then sell ads on top of that saying, you know, it's s'more season. Make sure you pick up your Hershey's chocolate bars. And they've, they've seen that that increases a lift, but they tie it based on when people who are likely to buy Hershey's chocolate bars are in a store based on purchase data. 
I too, when I mean, we've been talking about it with our client is the, the rise of that retail media observation. Uh, we're going to switch gears. Your next prediction involves data governance. Now, before we dive into data governance, we do have listeners who come from more scale-up companies. They're not necessarily in-house at enterprise. Um, it might be they need data governance. I need data governance. I'm not dealing, you know, I'm not dealing with sensitive data. I'm not in a highly regu- regulated industry. Like, yeah, I get data to see, but data governance. What predictions are you making around data governance? So it's really simple. Like, for example, email or even IP is considered as PII, personally identifiable information in the GDPR context. So... If you're not treating them well, you will be sued and fined in any size of the organization right now. So you might think data governance and compliance is probably something we need to think about later, but it's actually a legal obligation you have to do. And what is really important is um, in the context of GDPR, you have something called right to be forgotten. Let's say, okay, I interact with one brand. And then I can actually request them, hey, please forget about me. Please delete everything about me. That's actually a right protected by the GDPR. So achieve this, you have to understand all of the customer data you store inside your system. You have to make sure you provide a way to delete it and you can actually delete. That's where all the organization, the struggle startup, right? Okay. Right now, usually startup even have 80 to 90 SaaS tools they are using. I actually counted within the organization. My organization has more than 150. If you go to enterprise, they probably use thousand plus more tools on the rise of SaaS solutions. And I think the importance here is, okay, you really need to make sure customer data or PII gets treated differently. You make sure you actually goes and store that PII information in a certain amount of services where you have more control and don't have all the data silos, make sure you can actually. That's a huge challenge. It's underestimated right now, but over time, we're predicting more cases coming by violating this and it's happening everywhere right now. It's actually getting sued and companies actually paying for it. So it will be more like the global phenomenon. So you're predicting there will be more proactivity in data governance, uh, or I guess more voluntarily um, taking measures or, as opposed to being reactive where something happens. So therefore, now I need to pay attention to this you're, or there's a new regulation and I react to it. You're predicting it just based on the increase in uh, lawsuits situation that companies will become more proactive in data governance. It's becoming more like a huge risk than you think. And thinking about, you know, from a compliance standpoint is even if you are a scale company and don't have someone who has compliance in their title, that is somebody within the organization needs to own it. It really should be an organization-wide buy-in and not a departmental issue. Am I right in that thinking? Yeah, like marketing became a single channel, omni-channel, and omni-department, I think that also comes with privacy comes in. When the customer data gets used across the organization, you have to think more holistically. 
Is there a time you can think of where lack of data governance, lack of caring about data governance really bit somebody in the butt and what the result was? Yeah, even with the 100 people company, in some cases, they are getting fine. So maybe not three people startup, but, you know, I think if you are actually also running SaaS software company, your trust is everything, right? So you have to treat your customer in a different way. And that's the point where you have, you might want to hire someone like head of privacy or head of compliance or CISO, chief information and security officer who can handle that. Is there anything that we didn't cover? Any additional predictions that you want to tackle today? I would say when I talk with a lot of marketers, especially B2B, next year it's going to be really tough. The marketing budget, I would say 70 to 80% of CMO I talk to, they're having budget cut. So it's all about, okay, budget is decreasing. How can I make the company's marketing that are get spent? And how do you measure it? I think that will be the huge challenge when it comes to, especially next year, in the downtime and recession scenario. And uh, that's where I think industry is now also leveraging to really innovate it. Within these constraints, how can we make the budget more efficient? So that's where the fun side of marketing. Like you said, fun side, my heart's going out to marketers right now because your budgets are being cut and you're also being told you need to increase revenue. And that, that doesn't sound like a fun time. Or We feel you. We know it's difficult. It's hard out there for you all right now. So keep fighting the good fight. Well, Cal, this has been this has been awesome. As we end every episode of SAS Half Full, I ask our guests if they have a signature or favorite toast to send us out. So I'm Japanese. Can I say come by? You absolutely can. Come by. Come by. <laughs> Thanks so much to Cass for joining me on SAS Half Full. Love to hear his predictions. We'll see how they pan out. This marks my last interview guest of 2022. Thank you all so much for continuing to tune in to SAS Half Full. Can't wait to see what next year holds. Until next time, bottoms up.